Welcome to the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Fay. I started the Not A Mommy Yet blog and this podcast because I've always known I want to be a parent one day, and you might be listening because you feel the same. You may have also heard people with kids say things like, I wish I had known this before I had kids, or I wish I had done that. Hearing those comments made me think about the parts of my life I want to spend more time focusing on before I have kids in ways that will benefit me as a parent. So I started a list of people who can teach me about health, money, relationships, psychology, and more, and started interviewing them, and this podcast was born. Whether you plan to have kids or not, I think you'll find something interesting in this podcast for you. I hope you enjoy, subscribe, and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Well, thank you so much for being on the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I really appreciate it. I am so excited. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm so glad. Um, Well, I was really looking forward to talking to you today because I feel like physical therapy is something that really only comes to mind when people get surgery or have sports injuries, but it's obviously, it's a treatment method that restores our body's functions and movements. So I think it's really important for people to kind of think about in a more holistic way and not just in those emergency situations, um, especially because we don't really have like the knowledge or skill set after even minor injuries like we're going to talk about today that I've experienced where I didn't go see a doctor. Um, and I just kind of like used ice, took Tylenol, like, you know, just did my own kind of self-help methods. But I think knowing more about physical therapy in general will be really helpful for a lot of people. So, so yeah, so first I would love to just start with kind of how you got into physical therapy and if it was something that you had always been interested in or if there was something that kind of triggered that um, interest um, before you started your practice. Well, I think, uh, first of all, I'm so excited to, to talk to you because you just touched on something that's just so dear to my heart and I, I feel like it's really time to educate the mm-hmm. public on, on what's out there and how you can access physical therapy and, and what it can be used for. So um, I'm really grateful to be able to use this as a platform to get my voice out there. Amazing. Um, Thank you. I think that, you know, I, I was a figure skater. That was my background. So I certainly had my share of injuries, mm-hmm. uh, which certainly <laughs> exposed me to the amazing world of these caring physical therapists. But I also always knew I was going to go into healthcare. And I think initially, like I wanted to be a sports doctor, you know, or mm-hmm. I wanted to be, an, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. Um, and one of my professors, when I was doing my, like, like a pre-med um, course uh, curriculum said, you know, with your sports background, if you ever thought of physical therapy, you'd be really good at it. And it just kind of resonated. So I'm like, yeah. Wow. No, but yeah. And so uh-huh. that, that was kind of like the switch went on and that, that was really, that was it. And I just went for it. So it uh, just was a perfect fit. That's so, it's so great. That's the best when those things happen and it's just a yeah, natural it's, fit. When it's, right. It's just kind of organic and it's like, it just, it's like, that's it. Exactly. You don't even have to think twice. Yep. Um, and then you have your practice in LA now. Um, so what was it like kind of building that up? Cause you have such an incredible roster of clients now from like celebrities to sports teams and athletes. Um, how did that all kind of come together? A lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, what are they, what's the, what's the joke? I'm a 25 year overnight success. <laughs> when I, when I, I first that. started, I, I, I got my 
I kind of got my feet underneath me and I got experience first in the hospital, which I was so glad I did. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is a lot of these up and coming orthopedic surgeons were doctors that were at the same hospital I was. So they, you know, I kind of like got my foot in my, in the door and got my face in their face that way. But, um, I, um, yeah, just, I, 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 I started seeing people right after surgery mm-hmm. and I actually have a funny story. So, I went from acute care, then I worked the orthopedic floor, and then I did stroke and spinal cord, which was pretty amazing because I got to really see all realms of of people and injuries. Mm-hmm. But I treated a very famous actor, and I can use his name, and it was Walter Matthau. Oh, wow. And Walter Matthau was in the hospital for, um, obviously, which I can't discuss. Um, he has since passed away. And every time he was in the hospital, he was like, is Karen here? I want her to be my physical therapist. Yeah. And so we would always talk. And he's the one that said, because why, why, why are you working here? Go do your own thing. And then that kind of like set a seed and I started pursuing it. But it was a lot of door knocking. And just so you know, and I, it was a time when it was certainly a male dominated profession. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard for me to have a voice and to work with male-dominated field of orthopedic surgeons, which still exists this day. Um, so I guess your answer, the answer to the question is, is a lot of work, but mm-hmm. just knowing inside that I was good at what I did and I cared about people and just having people give me a chance. And, you know, one orthopedist gave me a chance with my very first basketball player in the NBA. He's like, Karen, we got really good response. And, you know, and then just, mm-hmm. you just got to keep going and keep going and, and, yeah. and know and do the best job that you can do. And I just, the word got out and it was one thing led to another. So that's very, so amazing. I'm very grateful that Walter, um, pushed you and like recognized your talent to know that you had to be on your own. That's such a great story. Well, isn't it funny that I had these people in my life that, I, I guess my message to the listeners too is like, you know, always make sure you take time to listen to people because mm-hmm. yeah. we always have our, our eyes and our ears to our cell phones. And it's like, you know, make eye t- contact with people and listen to what they're saying. Cause you never know who's going to be the one to inspire you. I love that. Yeah. That's so true. So, so true. Um, so then just kind of going into physical therapy in general, um, like I said, people, I think in general will think of, breaking an ankle or having knee surgery and needing to see someone like you to help with the recovery. But I realize it's so much more than that. So I would love for you to just give an overview for people who've maybe never seen a physical therapist or just know the possibility, like the reasons that they could come and see you. Um, so what it is and just physical therapy with the services you guys offer. It's such a broad question. <laughs> I, I, I could, I could talk Honestly, Natalie, I could talk about this for hours. And so, you know, I, I get on the shows and I start talking about, I guess, because I'm still so passionate about what we do. That's awesome. You yeah. know, there, there's a big push, and especially with millennials and, and young women who want to stay healthy, to be able to stay healthy, to become a mom, to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I kind of don't even know where to begin. Um <laughs> Well, I could just say like a couple of reasons. Like our our big, our big motto is, you know, we improve the way you move. It's so much bigger than that. And yes, let's not miss the obvious. Look, you twist your ankle. You want to come into physical therapy. You know, you have surgery, you come into physical therapy. But I think what people are seeing now is there's such a big push. I I think I don't like to use the word wellness so much. I think that's kind of overused, but um, preventative medicine. It's like, yeah. 
let's just say, I'm going to use that kind of an example that your listeners would understand. You know, I feel like people are now really trying to understand how important it is to hydrate and to eat right and to take care of your body. So perhaps maybe Natalie, you came in to see me and you would, you don't have any injuries, but what we would do is let's do a postural evaluation. Let's look at your lifestyle up to, up to this moment. You know, have you had any injuries? Have you had any surgeries? Um, how do you sleep? We can help you with how you sleep. How do you walk? Do you have problems with walking? What are your goals? What do you like to do? I think a big thing now is a lot of people are realizing, yeah, gosh, you know, maybe my body's not meant to be spinning or maybe it's not meant to be spinning every day or, right. or maybe I'm not someone who should be doing yoga. Maybe my body is more um, connected to a more movement-based kind of activity. So I feel like people are using this that way, postural analysis, going to your desk and looking at your ergonomic setup, mm-hmm. uh, making orthotics. Um, helping you with migraines. Um, you, you know what I mean? It's like it yeah. covers so many different realms. It's not just pain. It's just helping you get through your daily life and helping you to understand your body. That's, because we go yeah. so fast from the day we, from the moment we wake up. It's like people need to lo- learn good sleeping habits mm-hmm. from your bed to pillows to all of that. So, yeah, um, I mean, I think you see what I mean? it's like, I guess so I like, there's so many areas that, that we're able to cover now. And I just, I'm trying to educate the public that to your great question or point, it's not just about pain anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about, I guess I would say teaching people to understand their body and how to keep it well for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that I always kind of joke about is that I'm taking care of future Natalie when I do things for myself that like Natalie tomorrow will appreciate. Um, and I definitely think that eating healthy and we're, and like staying active in those things for sure apply to that. But I mean, you just listed so many things I could come see you for. Like I get migraines all the time. Um, so, uh, that's really good. And I think helpful to just know, um, the range of issues that people could see you for that are so far beyond, um, injury or just daily pain. Um, you don't have to hurt. Yeah, exactly. Someone says someone, um, another physical therapist, I think said that it might be common, but it's not normal. And that's, I right. think, really a great way to think about it. Um, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about my wrist because um, I think that I have carpal tunnel in my left wrist, which is my dominant hand. And okay, I'm going to stop you there. Did you go and self-diagnose yourself on WebMD? <laughs> no. So Jose, oh yeah, Jose, my boyfriend, he's a doctor. I always say this, I'm like, they're saying, oh yeah, I think I have this and I have sciatica. And I'm like, and... Yeah. Oh, you don't I, just, have any I looked on things. the internet and I'm like, oh no, first big mistake. Yeah. No, I didn't. But Jose, my boyfriend, he's a doctor and he had me do this just like at home test where I push my two hands um, together. Together. Like, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, and I felt like a tight pain in my left wrist when I was doing that. Um, and so he said it might be carpal tunnel. Obviously I have not been diagnosed with it. Um, so, you know, it has flare ups here and there and and I've like think about okay, this is my dominant hand. I write with this hand. I cook with this hand. Like I do, I'm pretty ambidextrous when it comes to like sports and those types of things. But you know, I use it for a lot. Um, and I which I've realized more so now that <laughs> I have pain in it. Um, but what are some things you would like recommend for somebody with like wrist pain? Is that just you need to see the person? Am I like totally <laughs> off pace here or or what? Well, yeah. I mean, I would 
I would probably be doing you a, a, a disservice to recommend things without seeing you. Right. I mean, it would be a little difficult. Um, but I can tell you, uh, usually pain comes from nerves. Nerves come from the spine. Mm-hmm. So even with your wrist, even though there's like some point tenderness on your median nerve, I would always kind of go in and assess your neck first and then try to follow the path of the nerve down into the wrist because it's not necessarily carnal. So you're aggravating a nerve that's coming from your neck. Yeah. Um, one thing you can try just like, I would just have my patients say, Hey, just try this and let's just see if we can rule out certain things. Sometimes I'll say, go and get, um, I'll go and get a wrist brace and you and, and wear it every night for about seven for about seven nights and mm-hmm. see if your symptoms calm down. And that would be my first thing to start ruling out is it a possible, um, you know, median yeah. nerve uh, carpal tunnel thing. That's what but I good, do. Good question. Yeah. I wear my wrist brace like most and days. And does it change your symptoms? Yeah, the pain goes away. Yeah, so it's probably a carpal tunnel. Okay. So. Um, and then what are some other injuries that might like, like, I don't brush that off. I obviously, I recognize it. I do wear the brace when it flares up and everything, but are there other injuries people should like definitely be coming to see you for that they might just think about that you have just seen in your life where they just kind of ignore or just take a leave for it or something, but they should definitely come see you instead. I think that pain's a four letter word. (laughs) (laughs) so it's telling you you know I always say it's telling you that something's not right Uh or you're doing something too much right so I have learned and some of my patients will say gosh we really got through this fast and I said that's because you addressed it right away Mm -hmm. you didn't let it kind of kind of scar down re-injure it come back and now we're dealing with something that's chronic that you've had for a while right so yeah. That so I sense. say any, anytime you have pain, obviously you can give it a few days to see mm-hmm. if it settles down. And if it doesn't, I'd get yourself to a physical therapist. You don't need a doctor's prescription to come in to see us. Yeah. That was going to be a question. That's good to know. Cause obviously I've heard of doctors sending their patients to physical therapists, but, um, people can just go and see you without a doctor. Correct. Without doctor's prescription. Correct. Okay, great. Um, so I would love to move into physical therapy for people that are listening, which are hopefully future parents, which is my goal with this podcast is talking to people about the things we can be doing now in our lives that will serve us better once we become parents. Um, so definitely preventative tips. I would love to talk to you about that. Um, just things that we can be mindful of in our daily lives that would help us, um, avoid some of those injuries or just, you know, uh, like avoid the need or the avoid pain, I guess. I know that's hard to avoid, especially because, you know, for someone like me, I get migraines, things like that. And I don't really even know what's causing it. So I wouldn't know how to prevent it in the first place. Um, but yeah, just preventative tips, I guess, would be amazing to hear from you. You know, I would say, first of all, it, people don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to get crazy, right? Right. You want to you you keep it simple. And you keep it simple. First, look into healthy eating habits. Make sure that you're hydrating yourself. And then secondly, kind of exercise. Because unfortunately, most of our jobs force us to be so complacent. We're either sitting at a desk, we're on our computer, we're on our phones. Mm-hmm. And we've really stopped moving uh, like on a whole as we should. Yeah, I feel like women that I've seen go through pregnancy are women that have done some form of exercise. And it... 
you need to find something that you can do for the rest of your life. Right. And do and do every day. But you want to mix things up. Like one day you maybe take a hike and one day maybe you do a Pilates class. But but just keep keep it simple. You don't have to go crazy with your workouts. It's more about being consistent. Mm-hmm. And I see that these women do really, really well. I think women in general, we're so hard on ourselves. But I also have seen a couple of cases where... You know, there are women that get pregnant who haven't really done too much exercise and then decide they're getting pregnant and they're going to start an exercise regime. Yeah. And that's really, that can be really, really dangerous. So I would say just start taking care of yourself. Be mindful and be good to yourself mm-hmm. with good with good habits. And your physical therapist can help you determine, you know, a, a good physical, a, a good daily routine, you know, and if you want to change it up and, um, you know, do a little spinning here, Pilates, a little bit of yoga. I think you're going to probably be your your best um, advocate for what's going to work well for you. Yeah, I, I've I've heard that if that women when they become pregnant, if they've already been very active in their lives, it's it's um, sometimes easier to just bring to continue that. Um, for some women, pregnancy is really hard, regardless of how active they were beforehand. But um, I can imagine it must be very hard to just immediately start getting active after you become pregnant. Exactly, exactly. And then you have to think about two people, not one. So you, right. you can't be selfish. You have to be selfless. Yeah. You have to think of the other person. Um, and I think that obviously ties into for people who want to have kids a little bit later is just taking care of yourself, right? Like, are there any best practices that you would recommend for people who want to remain active, um, you know, when they're running around after a three-year-old and they're in their 40s? Um, what what are some things that they should be maybe more aware of now? I think women in particular that are thinking about having kids later in life, mm-hmm need to start right now and just take care of themselves. You can't, you know, I use, I would use the example of being dehydrated like some of my athletes where it's like, I'll say, oh my God, why aren't you hydrating yourself? By the time you dehydrated, you're going to have to do double duty to catch up to hydrate yourself. It's the same thing if you're trying to prepare to have a baby or, or you are pregnant, it's like, you, you, you need to double down and take care of yourself right now in order to prepare for that. You can't get pregnant and then try to get yourself in good health. It just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, that being said, Natalie, there there are no guarantees in life and if, in anything. Like, I can teach people how to prevent possible injuries, but there is no guarantee. We just have to do the best we can do as a woman who has a lot on our plates. We work and, you know, and especially if you start preparing to get pregnant, I mean, there's a lot of different pressures on us, mm-hmm. but just taking the time to figure out moments, timeouts for yourself, because once you have that three, that baby's three-year-old, and you know, she's running around, you're chasing around, you get pregnant again, you have absolutely no time for yourself. Mm-hmm. So the time for yourself and the time for your, your listeners is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel. It's, is that getting into certain habits and making them as, I guess, concise and predictable and just easy to do as possible. 
I my hope is that they'll be easier to carry through, like to carry on into motherhood, um, because they'll be so ingrained into your life that it it's like brushing your teeth. Of course, a lot of those things won't be able to continue just because of time. Um, but um, I think yeah, developing certain habits now will definitely help us later, um, especially physically. I think so for women who are pregnant or or get or trying to get pregnant. Um, during pregnancy, post-pregnancy, do you work with women throughout those stages? I know there's like doulas, midwives, we, pregnant women see all these different people that are with them throughout the entire experience. Could a physical therapist fit into that equation as well? I sure do. (laughs) So I see pre, during, and post. Okay. Um, and, and for all, I mean, all kinds of reasons, um, you know, you would think the first thing comes to mind, oh yeah, well, women get pregnant, their body starts to produce relaxin. They start getting low back pain because their stomach's getting bigger. It puts their back in a bad position. But there's so many other things that go on. You know, your body all of a sudden is not your body. And people are prone to, to, to rolling their ankle or loss of balance. or It's pretty crazy what goes on. But wow. um, I also will teach them how to, if there's somebody who has been exercising, you know, the certain basics like monitoring your temperature, monitoring your heart rate, how not to overdo it, what signs to look for if you're overdoing it, make sure you're super hydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, post-pregnancy, we see everything. We see um, a lot of, and I think we'll, we'll discuss this, but, you know, there's a lot of pelvic floor issues that have happened. There's, um, you know, they're, they're, they're dysmorphic, like they're, they're, they're trying to get in touch with their body again. Their body's kind of all out of whack and then the hormones throw everything out of whack so Mm -hmm. guiding them through that and telling people it's going to be okay and this is what happens in this week and this is what happens in this week right um but i would say it's more um exercise pain management through this whole through that whole entire thing because your body takes quite a toll i mean it's pretty remarkable yeah and then you know once they have the baby helping them get back on an appropriate um, program or something that you can do it yourself at home because it's hard because now you've got a baby and your time is limited but you want to take care of yourself so mm-hmm. creating a user-friendly program for your house is, is, has been a big a big thing with my patients and it's it's unique to everybody it's pretty interesting there's no certainly there's no cookie cutter yeah well I think that's just true with pregnancy too it's just every labor exactly. is different every pregnancy is different just exactly well, that's cool, though, that you have all of those different tools and you're able to customize it for different people and what they're experiencing. And you, and you just learn. And I've learned after all these years, you know, I, I think I've learned that everyone's unique and everyone's problems are unique. And so you just have to make sure mm-hmm. you listen. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, let's talk about the pelvic floor. <laughs> um, I've just, I, I've been kind of obsessed with learning about this because... It's something that I don't think is talked about enough. I mean, I've been to an OBGYN for almost 10 years since I turned 18 and never have they even brought it up. Um, so it, when I first went in New York recently, there was a, a like a free event on Eventbrite that I came across about learning about what the pelvic floor was and, and why it's important and how it's connected to your whole body and all its other systems. And ever since then, I've been much more mindful about it, but, um, I would love to know more about kind of what we can be doing now, people with or without kids, but then obviously how it changes and 
in terms of its level of importance when you're pregnant, like carrying the baby and how, and all of that would be just great <laughs> to learn more about. Well, I'm sure you, you, I think you spoke to someone who did women's, um, we worked specifically with pelvic floor. Yep. So we used to teach women, isn't that funny that you can go to these OBGYNs and they never bring it up? Yeah. And it's the muscles that we use. Yeah. Well, it I've been realizing that with a lot of issues that doctors don't bring up when it comes to women's health recently. It's pretty frustrating to find all of this it's out now. It's mind-boggling, actually. Yeah. It's mind-boggling. So in physical therapy, um, that's a whole specialized field now. They have a whole specialized field of women's health, which is up and coming. It's still, We still have a long ways to go, but it's made such a major impact, I, I feel, with women. So... What we do is we will teach women how to um, engage the pelvic floor muscles, how to keep them strong. Part of the problem with pregnancy is we, and I, I know that you were wanted to talk about urinary incontinence, a lot of all this, this pressure on the bladder, our pelvic floor gets stretched out. We have no control of those muscles anymore, and no one taught us how to use them and control them. Right. So we have a series of muscle exercises for the pelvic floor that we will instruct you on um and i tell my patients you should do them every day for the rest of your life yeah um it's so it's so important yeah i mean the bladder incontinence thing is is really interesting to me too because i know a woman who um had a baby and then was having that issue and her doctor was like yeah there's nothing really I can do to help you. Like gave her this ridiculous thing to help like kind of just like a plug type thing. It was just unbelievable how her women's healthcare professional wasn't able to help her. And she did say eventually like, yeah, you could go see a physical therapist. And, and that was the first time I ever connected physical therapy to that part of the body. Right. Like I had never even considered that, but of course it makes sense now that I've. But to your point earlier, Natalie, you were talking about, you know, what can we access physical therapy for? That's why I said I could talk about it forever. Here's a whole nother area. Yeah. And you know, the one thing I did want to tell you, um, and I want your listeners to know this, Sometimes randomly doctors will go, oh, yeah, hold your urine and count to 10 and relax. And then hold you. Please don't ever do that. <laughs> She'll end up with a urinary tract infection. Oh, my God. That's not the right way to learn your pelvic floor. Yeah. Going to a physical therapist who works with pelvic floor, who works with incontinence, and we can teach you and guide you through the appropriate steps. It's yeah. probably, you know, you want to talk about preparing for, for childhood and becoming a mom it's probably one of the first best things that a young mother could do because we're so out of touch with that mm -hmm. because no one's ever talked about it to your, to yeah. your question. Yeah. I mean, even learning all this stuff now, and I've recently started learning more about hormones too and like the endocrine system and, and I can't, even believe how much more confident I feel without having realized that I just I wasn't confident before if I have a daughter how much more prepared I feel to guide her through that experience because and not to knock my mother or grandmother they didn't know right so they were that never was a taught different time exactly um so there's just this lack of we communication we talk about it and we you know think about it mm -hmm. yeah um so then when women are going into labor too that's another thing and that can lead to incontinence right is not knowing how to push appropriately is that something that you help women through absolutely absolutely so 
um, you know, straining different parts of your body instead of learning how to relax, mm-hmm. use your breathing, right? Yeah. So instead of straining and screaming and pushing because you don't know any better way, you right. cause a lot. Of, you cause a lot of damage to other parts of the body too. Yeah, I think having that education going into that is so unbelievably helpful. I mean, I know this one woman who, and she was actually on a podcast episode too. She had two drug free childbirths with her sons. And she said the first one, it was painful, but she had a doula. She got through it. And the second one, she did it again, drug free. But the second time she, um, she said that she, in her words, really leaned into the pain and just like like was breathing really calmly and and like her nanny at the time couldn't even tell she was in labor like she was so relaxed and just like letting her body do what it needed to do and not exacerbating this pain and this experience right by just kind of relaxing into it which I thought was amazing and so it was like such goals all across the board but 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 so cool and just letting mother nature do its job yeah yeah I love that but this is so important that people hear that there's things that you can do, that there's, you know, natural things that you can do and, and things that are going to make it such a more pleasurable experience, not only for you, but for your, your, your postpartum, for your, mm-hmm. for your child even. I, I kind of feel like the less trauma with delivery, the happier the baby in yeah. a way. You know what I mean? I feel like that's how they come out. I feel like if there's less trauma, I feel like they're going to be less stressed too because they feel whatever we feel so that's an important area yeah um so then when it comes to all that when your clients are working with their OB and their doula and their or their midwife or whatever they're kind of the team that they're putting together for the, that experience. Um, are you guys all in communication or is it all just through the pregnant woman that kind of coordinates no, you all need of that? To have a team. Okay, oh, so you talk to the doctor I and vice hope, versa. I would hope, and I think that most of the therapists I know, we, you know, you communicate as a team because you want to make sure that what you're doing is helping what the other person is doing mm-hmm. and, and, and that, you know what I mean, that everything that we do is, is supporting the other team member to help this woman get through to her goal. Right. Otherwise, how do you know? Exactly. That's awesome, so though. Communication is, communication is key. You have to. It's like we're a team. Yeah, I love this idea of having a physical therapist on my team. I think I definitely yeah, no, want great. that. So smart. Um, so smart. I love it too. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and then, like, before we get into kind of our final round of questions, I would love to know if you want to share with everyone listening just a way for us to be our own advocate. Because what I have been learning is you go into the doctor's office or with any specialist, right? And you don't know the what they're able to help you with and you don't really know what to say or what to share, what not to share. Um, so in terms of people coming into a physical therapist office, what's like a great thing that we can keep in mind to be our own advocate in those, in that, in like that office or that space? Oh, what do you come to a physical therapist? Uh-huh. Like knowing what to ask, ask or, of, yeah. Ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Right, and, and and this would go to even going into a physician's office. The more information you can get, and you know what I would say to you, start today. Like go into your, I, th- I think the iPhone has that little uh, 
health history, as much history as you could give a physical therapist going into this. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know, I did start having pain when I was 12. I fell off a horse and I, I, I you know, broke my arm. Like, to yeah. th- that far back, as much as you can remember, to have you had surgeries, to the medications you've had, and any question you could think of that you wanted to ask because I can't tell you how many times people leave and then they'll come back. I make myself extremely accessible to my patients. And they and I said, you know, please contact me if you have any questions. And then 10 minutes later, it's like 10 questions sent to me in an email. You know what I mean? So <laughs> um, be your own advocate. Write down questions. Yeah. Especially what's your goal in being there. Um, and what's then your goal? A That's a good history. one, yeah. I'm sorry, what? And then your health history. Oh, yeah. Because you, you, you forget all that, you know, you get, most people get nervous when they're at a doctor's or, you know, a physical therapy, you're, you know, you're with a stranger for the most part and you're sharing your whole, you know, it's, you're vulnerable. So yeah, it's just great to write stuff down. Yeah. Well, the nice thing too, with seeing someone like you too, is you have like this appointment, right? So like, I'm assuming it's probably an hour and hour. Mm-hmm. yeah, so you have a great amount of time to really get to know somebody and for the patient to share with you. Um, whereas doctors are like in and out, you mainly see the nurse and it's like really quick. Um, so yeah, having that one-on-one and making it really personal, personalized is, is helpful. Um, but it reminds me, the health history point reminds me of this show. I, I think it was on Grey's Anatomy. I'm pretty sure it was of this girl. And she was in there having seizures, just like constant seizures. They couldn't figure out why. And she wouldn't stop talking about her cheerleading practice and then how she rolled her ankle like five years ago. And the doctors, one of the doctors picked up on that and finally were able to figure out what was causing the seizures based on that past injury. And I don't know if that's true or not. Again, that's like looking up on WebMD. It's Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> but no not, no, not necessarily. It's what I was trying to explain to you. It's like your whole health history, like, yeah. you know, like I said, falling off a horse and breaking your, your arm when you're right. 12. Like all of that stuff plays into exactly pain and and. And our body starts at a very young age manifesting pain from prior injuries, from trauma, from all these other things. So the more we know about you, the easier it is to to figure out a good game plan Mm -hmm. to get to your goal. That's amazing. Such great advice. Um, So for the final list of questions that I'm asking everybody, um, the first one is what mantra or words do you like to live by? self-empowerment and believe in yourself I love that that's great um I think especially yeah being your own advocate that perfectly applies to that um and you've built this whole business I mean obviously (laughs) you believed in yourself which is amazing um and then um we all know it takes a village to raise kids so what do you most value in your community of friends and family who have helped you raise your kids I value the most I ultimately I think it's letting our kids know that someone loves them mm-hmm. and believes in them mm-hmm. no matter what mistakes no matter whether or not we doubt them that we are always there for them mm-hmm. yeah and having I that sense that of security solid and I just seen with our kids and you know our family going through ups and downs and um, loss of loved ones and if you empower your kids enough to know that there's someone that will always listen and never judge, I, I think that's probably the most important thing in raising good, solid kids. 
Yeah. I mean, as a kid myself, <laughs> I would say that that's pretty valuable to know that you have that secure, that person that you can go to um, always and know that you won't be judged because, I mean, we're all figuring this out and eventually kids realize that our parents went through this too, right? That no one's perfect. We're all human. And um, I think that's, I think that's a perfect quality and it's just to like have that sense of security um and then last but not least what quality do you most admire and hope to instill in your kids but granted they're all in their 20s so have you already seen in your kids confidence that's perfect 100 <laughs> percent confidence mm-hmm. know who you are know your values and stick to it and I've seen it with the kids and it's so um, it's so cool to watch them come into their own because of that Mm -hmm. yeah definitely I think those all string together really nicely well thank you so much Karen this has been awesome thank you I hope you learned a little bit about physical therapy I I did I mean after all this time I still um I love what I do so much because I, like every day I'll, I, you know, I learn from my patients and I learn, it's like, wow, we can help people with this. And we can, it's just, it, it's so dynamic and it's always changing and, and I can't tell people enough what a great profession it is if people are thinking of pursuing a career in physical therapy. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love that you love what you do, and I am definitely learned a lot. I kind of want to go get a physical... I mean, I live in New York, but I don't live in L.A., unfortunately, <laughs> but I kind of want to just go find one now to start seeing one. But um, but thank you again. This has been so amazing. Um, and I will include in the podcast notes where everyone can find you, but if you want to share your website or anywhere else people can find you, please do. Yeah, um, well... You can go and find our uh, website, JoeBearPT.com. Mm-hmm. And then on Instagram, I'm I'm Dr. Karen Jobear. Um And look at that. Perfect. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. It was really enjoyable.